Hi, I'm David Kukoff, author of Children of the Canyon and the upcoming Los Angeles in the 1970s, Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine. And I'm talking with Doug Cooper. Doug, you want to tell everyone who you are? Yeah, I'm Doug Cooper. I'm the author of Outside In and also The Investment Club that's coming out October 11th. Awesome. And uh, Doug, I noticed I was reading a little bit about Outside In. I've had a chance to take a look at The Investment Club, but uh, I noticed that um, Rare Bird will be re-releasing Outside In. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, your impetus for writing it and, and, and whether or not well, what semi-autobiographical elements were involved, if any, in writing it and in, in, in taking on the book? So, you know, all my writing is really kind of based in reality. I won't say whose reality it is, but it's based in reality. There's a lot of um, actual uh, events and there's a lot of made up stuff. And, you know, I never distinguish what really happened and what I just kind of uh, pulled from from the situations or, or picked up along the way. Um, but, you know, there is with Outside In probably more than the investment club, there's a lot of um, things that I did take from my own life to kind of set up the story. Like it's about a teacher who was involved. I had a student die of a drug overdose in his classroom and the parents of the student blamed the school district ensued and the teacher ended up losing his job. While none of that happened to me, I was a teacher. And um, so I kind of pulled some of that stuff. And in the book, the teacher, you know, ends up moving to this Island in Lake Erie and, and, I spent some time there and I just really love the island and the historical background and thought it would be a great setting for novels. So, you know, while I was at those places and some of those details were mine, you know, a lot of the stuff in between never happened to me. But like I said, everybody that reads it because it's in first person present tense um, thinks that it's my story when they're talking to me about it. They say, oh, when you did this and did that. And I said, let, let me just say the characters did this and the characters did that. <laughs> um, but, but that's also, I wanted to do that on the first book a little bit because, you know, first books are really autobiographical a lot of times. So I was also kind of having fun with people too, to like, let them imagine what really happened and what didn't. And if they want to assume the stuff happened to me and it, and it makes it more enjoyable than, than all the better. And it's, it's what do you pull your ideas? Actually, well, it's so funny. Cause I mean, everything you just said, I, I feel like, you know, I'm like, huh, I think Doug and I have, 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 you know, either had the same interview or, or, you know, pulled the same, the, the sources because, I, my my first my, my novel Children of the Canyon was very much a novel, um, except that I I named the character David and I had him grow up in Laurel Canyon in the 1970s. Now his time frame is a little bit before mine. He's technically three years older than I was, and I didn't grow up in Laurel Canyon. I grew up nearby, but I was by no means I, I didn't have this incredibly crazy counterculture house with revolutionaries and and and, and oddball Brian Wilson esque musicians dropping in at all hours and all mm-hmm. kinds of sexual boundaries being 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 pushed and um and yet it's funny how I, I found it's kind of like what you said people would say so wow I mean like you know growing you seem so different from you know your growing your experience growing up I say and I'll say well a lot of what I wrote was personal if not entirely if not factual and somewhat autobiographically inspired, but not memoir. And, you know, you know autobiograph- autobiography is memoir per se. And um, mm-hmm. I, I just, which basically you're saying, you know, you just said something a minute ago that just kind of led to another question I wanted to ask you. Why do you think people, because I've been kind of thinking about this myself, why do you think people 
feels to need to extrapolate the, the, the personal element from the novel. That they can't just read a novel and say, wow, what a great piece of fiction. So in so many cases, they want to know where, where you were in it, what your personal connection was to it, and how much what they were reading was factually based. I think people, you know, when they're reading something that they're intrigued by, their mind just automatically jumps to who created it. And they want to know that even though the authors, uh, you know, uh, authors kind of work through their characters, that just that barrier, that boundary diminishes rather quickly when people they immediately want to know more about the author when they're intrigued. So it's a bit of a, I think, just kind of a psychological um, human nature thing that there's just this connection and this bond formed. And then that's also the reason I think why once a particular writer really resonates with the reader, you know, they'll buy successive books and they'll really follow that person because mm-hmm. there is that connection. You know, I used to think when I was, when I was reading and, you know, I grew up in, in, uh, in Ohio in the Midwest and, you know, I just found writers and books as a way that I could explore. And a lot of times, you know, they become your friends, you know, and the closest and you're sharing these thoughts and you share a lot of this, this very intimate moments with them where it's just you and, and, and those thoughts. So I do think that there's a connection that's just instantly formed there and you immediately go from the idea to the person that created it. Yeah. I also wonder if I think, I think it's all hundred percent true. And I also am starting like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of balancing this against like, well, was it always like this or is this something that just, I, I feel maybe it's more the case now. I, I just wonder if some of this has also gotten more, if, if some of that's gotten more prevalent um, just in the state of social media, where it seems like the, the, the barriers between the fictional entities and the, and the people behind them, you know, where, where stars don't have that mystique anymore. They tweet right and left. Their lives are constantly mm. being dissected on TMZ and whatnot. And and the the personalities involved in in, in artistic endeavors and, and these creations are so front and center that it's almost like I wonder if people have now almost kind of become just almost trained to expect a more three dimensional experience from it. They, they just they they want they're they're just so much more curious about about the origins and the and the personalities as opposed to simply the work itself, which is what remember I remember me growing up, I just, you know, read something or watched something and I didn't think much past that. And I just don't know if that's the case anymore. Well I think everything and this is a timeless aspect that you know everything is a relationship and there's seduction involved with with everything. So and just like in a relationship, you know, you start out in the infatuation period and then you eventually get to where, you know, you're so close that some of that initial passion and attraction, you know, is gone because, you know, you know, all the mystery is gone. So I think there's a risk, you know, in some of the, you know, online um social media and this narrative that we create that it's overdone because it does remove some of the mystery. Um, so there is an artful, artful side of it as, as well, because overall in human nature, I, I think we want to be taken for a ride. You know, we want to, our, yeah. our beliefs to be kind of pushed to the limit and we want to be entertained and we want to, and we're willing to even suspend our beliefs for that to, to a certain extent. And we really respect, you know, whether it's a magician 
you know, the old carnival barkers or storytellers or, or whatever it is, you know, we, we want to be swept away into this entertainment fascination kind of, kind of realm. And so, you know, when, when we do that, um, you know, it's another reason why we hate to get to the end. You know, we don't want to see how things end right. sometimes, you know, we, we want to stay in, in that, in that as much as we want to know how it turns out, we still want to stay in, in that, kind of state yeah you know it's it, it, you know it's excellent you know, beautifully put um I, I can see you spent a fair amount of time you know wondering whether it's yourself and obviously it's it, you can't help but because you know in in, in putting something you know putting a first novel out there that has any kind of any tethers to to your own experience it's just gonna the subject's gonna come up and you're talking to people who've read it um tell us tell me a little bit about the investment club because i got a chance to start reading it but um, I, I love, first of all, I just, um, what made you, because I have some structural elements in my first novel as well, what made you decide to divide it into these individual segments and have each one start with a DAO, with, with, with where the DAO was at that day? So the book is, you know, about these five broken people who meet at a blackjack table in Vegas, and it's about their lives before and after they meet, and it spans over 25 years. And I really imagine the book as a kind of mosaic where every chapter is focused on one particular day. And in the beginning, they're focused on one particular chapter and the point of view is shifting. So each chapter kind of uncovers one little piece of that tile. And by the end, you kind of see what Mm. the overall, overall picture is. And I like breaking it up into days because it kind of fits into the overall idea that, you know, we have good days and we have bad days. And overall, you know, we want to see this trend rising. And when I started thinking about that and this idea of investment, you know, and and especially in America, you know, very consumed with, you know, financial side of investing and, and everything. And I wanted to say, okay, but really investing is more about personal and what we do for one another and that the greatest return we get is when we contribute to others and invest in others. So when I started thinking through those ideas and then I said, oh, you know, and then Vegas would be a good good spot for this because, you know, the gambling and it, fit, it fits all into, into that. And then the idea on the days when I said, okay, every day, every chapter is going to be a different day. And then I thought, well, what about starting each chapter with the Dow Jones of that day and, and ending it with the Dow Jones close? And it just really fit into kind of this rising and falling action. And, you know, a few people that have read it have made comments, you know, I, I didn't understand, you know, what is, what was the Dow Jones significance, you know, and I, and I don't really want to spell it out, you know, but it's overall kind of an effect of this rising and, and falling action. And there's a lot of symbolism. And, and I will say that those actual numbers are for that actual day. Like I researched and I, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. found found the actual open and the close. And there is meaning in those numbers and how it pertains to the action. Um, but overall, right. it just, like I said, it creates this almost like whether it's our heartbeats, our bank balances, our, you know, what we're doing, the Dow Jones, these things rise and rise and fall as we go through our day. And overall, we want to see the trend in the direction of, of where we want to be. Yeah. You know, how how do you handle it? No, 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 please go ahead and ask. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, I was going to say with with your with with the book in the in the on in uh, the '70s LA, um, because my new book that I'm writing now is actually based in LA. So I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of reading on the history and so forth. So why did you decide to set it in that time period? Well, it's a, it's a it's really a great question because I mean. I find myself coming back to Los Angeles in the 70s for a lot of reasons. It's not, I mean, you know, I was I was pretty young throughout the better part of the decade. I turned 14 in 1980, and so it's not like that was the formative decade for me, even though it was in some ways. But just in going back and examining what the city was like then, I think a lot of natives here tend to view the city, so the, 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 this, the, uh, the, the, um, the BCE and CE, dividing line seems to be the 84 Olympics. It's when Los Angeles mm. went from being still kind of a crazy wild west frontier where you could kind of make up your own rules. And, you know, it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't really, it didn't really have a lot of the characteristics, even though size wise, it was a big city. It still had a lot of you know, smaller town elements to it or just, or, or, you know, it, it didn't quite feel as cosmopolitan as a city, like, a city like New York and Chicago. And even, in certain ways, like Boston, San Francisco, although it was always much bigger. Um, but what I always found fascinating about the city pre-Olympics, and you know, really, if you know, the seventies, you know, to, to sort of crystallize it down, is the sense that as the city has become this really the the, it's, in my opinion, the important city of the twenty-first century. I mean, really eclipsing where where New York is in a lot of ways, and becoming just a place that people are looking to for a lot of a lot of social and 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 and, and cultural cues. I, I feel like a lot of us who grew up here go back to that decade and say, well, what did it used to be like? And unlike you know, like, like when New York, for example, has its its you know its wistful, hey, what was the seventies like? You know, the seventies in New York was really dark. I mean, the city was bankrupt, mm-hmm. crime was rampant. I mean, it was fairly dystopic. You look at a movie like The Warriors and. Yeah, and the Warriors is kind of supposed to be futuristic, but it's also about New York in the 70s in a lot of ways, too. L.A. wasn't quite like that. I mean, sure, it had a lot of the, the ills that plagued a lot of the urban centers in, in that decade, but it still had these pockets of and patches of the city that weren't entirely chartered. It hadn't been fully discovered. It felt like, you know, if you were a kid growing up here, you could kind of go wandering around. I would take the bus places, ride my bike. There still were parts of the felt very accessible and explorable to a, to a young kid, which I don't think is the case now. Um, and if you were a young person in general, it was cheap. You could kind of bullshit your way into, into, an, into a business opportunity if you had to get the gift of the gab. There were all kinds of rule-breaking opportunities and ways to reinvent yourself or just flat-out invent yourself that I don't know are entirely the case now, where the city is much more hmm. lived in, self-aware, um, corporatized and cosmopolitan, and I think in a lot of ways it's changed for the better. Um, certainly, the you know, the, you know, the, the fact that, the, that I live downtown, the fact that I can live downtown in a very thriving urban center in Los Angeles was unheard of, you know, as recently as even 15 years ago, let alone 40. Um, but I, I find I just oh, I just find myself coming back this decade because I think we're about to sort of have that moment where a lot of us are looking back and saying gee, what was it like before the city really maxed out, before it really boomed into the stratosphere? And that seems to be, you know, we, we've seen the noir stuff covered. We've seen, 
you know, all the, the you know, the, 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 the corrupt days of Mickey Cohen and William Parker and all stuff. And I felt like the book we hadn't seen was this decade. That's, this is the period we hadn't covered. So I found um, 29 fellow, you know, Angelinos and, and, and historians. And, you know, we, we, we put together a book that was, that I felt really covered a lot of bases, uh, a lot of diversity, a lot of strangeness, a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of culture, a lot of um, a lot of great mem- first-person memoir experiences. So um, I, I can't wait for it to come out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, the book that kind of really is is a connection between. I know I saw where you referenced it, and one thing is that the Joan Joan Didion, the play it as it lays, which is kind of split yeah. between L.A. and Vegas, right? It's like that book right in, yeah. right in uh, obviously yeah. right in right in between us there. I know that was one of the books. When I was when I was um, doing the research for the investment club, you know, I I just read any book that had, you know, taken place in Vegas or, or wrote about Vegas, um, just to kind of get a sense, you know, an overall feel of of what had been written and what other people's perception had been as well. And how are you? Um, you said your new book coming out is about is set in Los Angeles. Um, what if if I may mm-hmm. ask is you know, and anything. You know, how does the city play a character? If if I can, uh, if I can, you know, I don't, I don't know where. You, sometimes people, when they're in their writing process, they say, "Well, I don't want to talk about it too much." But I mean, if you don't mind telling us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll kind of connect it with with the other ones as well because for me, setting is always another character. Um, like yeah. in Outside In, um, you know, set on this island in Lake Erie, um, this village on this island, Putin Bay on South Bass Island, and, and on the new cover with Rare Bird, the, the paperback, we got this great, like, kind of woodcut print of the island in Lake Erie that's right on, on the cover that's just, like, really brings out that island aspect, and it's great because it, mm-hmm. it, is, another, it is another character. Um, and then, obviously, in the investment club, um, it, the book is all set in downtown Las Vegas, like very little, only a few scenes actually even right. happen on the strip. The strip actually just kind of looms in the background as, as this imposing force, but you know, the action, and I wanted to connect it kind of to old Vegas and, you know, a lot of the Renaissance that's going, going on there, but very much plays that part and, and interacts with the characters and is a mirror sometimes and, you know, just brings out different sides. And I'm doing the same thing in, in uh, the, the new piece that I'm, that, that I'm working on called Focus Lost. And, you know, it's set, a, a lot of it's set in, and I used a lot of the downtown um, Los Angeles as well and in some of the, the history and the surrounding, you know, the nature. And, and I also try to show some different sides that everybody, especially from afar, knows a particular, you know, the packaged version of the place. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to show was, you know, how close to nature Los Angeles is and how accessible a lot of the nature surrounding it is that a lot of people, you know, they just hear horror stories of, oh, the traffic and you can't get anywhere. And it's like, yeah, but you can be out of the city and into some really pristine nature rather quickly. So some of it takes place in, in that area as well. So I try to like use it as a connection point, but also to, to show, to show different elements as well. Yeah. Los Angeles. And I mean, I, I, I hope you're finding this to be the case with your new book. 
Um, they, I, I, I like you. I, I think Las Vegas is a very underrated character in uh, a potential character for for literature. For for I think it, it I, I've seen it used to great effect. Whether it's it was in um, a Charles Bach's Beautiful Children or even Coppola's somewhat misfired One from the Heart, which is not a great movie, but the but the, the Vegas backdrop stuff is just is incredibly enchanting. Um, I, you know, Los Angeles is a great character. I love that, you know, I know the, the, the upcoming movie, La La Land, the, is this musical with uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling apparently just has, it's a, it's a musical valentine to the city. And I found that for my novel, um, the, the, the history of Laurel Canyon, which has been sort of well-documented, well-chronicled, um, you know, was, was fascinating to me. But I, what I realized as I was, you know, when I was, Kind of when I, was, when I was hit my twenties and thirties, I would I would reconnect with all these people who I'd gone to this very progressive kindergarten with, and I would just see a lot of a, a lot of the definite like sadness or lost uh, expressions, and I, and I sensed that you know a lot of this experimental countercultural parenting uh, philosophies hadn't necessarily been the best thing for the kids, and I realized that you know LA was such was so at the forefront of so much of this, and. It was. It was really such. It was really kind of almost to me. It felt like this city and its reinvention philosophy, and it's come here and 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 find yourself. It was almost like this. This. This semi. I'm not sure what the right word. Malevolent certainly isn't it. But it's you know it's semi. I would say irresponsible or feckless. Doctor Spock whispering in the ears of these of these mm-hmm. parents, saying, "Hey, let them call you by your first names and be peers with them and hang yeah. out and but you know let them do their thing and don't don't cramp their style and don't be too much of a drag on them and you know you be you and get <laughs> divorced and you know mess around with whoever you want. all this kind of you know uh, all 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 this all this kind of self oriented stuff that just as I said, it just it seemed to come in the long run to the detriment of the of the kids growing up here. So I realized no one had ever told the stories of, you know, the, the, the Joan Diddy and, and, and Joni Mitchell stories through the eyes of the kids. And that was the impetus for me for writing that. But I wouldn't have been able to do it and, and wouldn't have had nearly quite so so developed through line had it not been for such a strong background character that the city and that neighborhood in particular played. I hope I hope yeah, you find it. I hope you'll, you'll, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's important too. One thing setting that one thing setting always does is it just orients, you know, it orients the reader into that into that universe, you know, and it and it really gives them a place. And I don't know about you, but I like to use actual places um, when when I'm writing, like actual businesses, locations, and I just think that it just gives it such more of a realism um when when people are going and when they read it and then they visit that place and then it's like another experience for them right they experienced it through the book and then when they go there and they visit that cafe or 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 they walk down that same street and are looking at some of the details that that you put in and they have a whole nother experience with it and to me, that's yeah. that's another, you know, how it just kind of extends, and 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 they're seeing, they've seen it through your eyes and through the characters' eyes, and then they experience through them, and I think that adds another another element. I know I I enjoy that when I'm reading something, and then can actually go and, and experience and, and take my own, um, you know, have my own perceptions of it. 
Yeah, and I think it dovetails back to that point you and I made, you know, that we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, which is just, you know, again, readers seem to want to invest in the reality of what they're reading, even if it is so patently a novel or we're in a work of fiction. They still want to have to, to connect to something that, you know, that, that that comes to someplace concrete for them, and it just makes the the, the like. I mean, I, I know. I mean, I'm not much of a fantasy fan. I know that part of the appeal of that is the world building and is the creation of this universe. And at the same time, it, it's, it's the, you know, there's obviously there are analogs to, 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 to real society. But um, like you, I, I'm always fascinated by how much we can do with, with real, with real, real settings and real cultures and work our fiction to them and, 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 and find that, that wonderful, wonderful shifting line whereby, we're writing a work of fiction in a very real setting. Now, speaking of settings, actually, now I'm totally curious about what foreign island. I'd never heard of this place, and I just was—I was, I just did a little bit of, of googling when I, before you and I got on, on the on this conversation. And it's—it's it's, it, you know, it's a little island, you know, in in the middle of Lake Erie. Tell me a little bit about it. It's, it's you know, have you spent much time yeah. there? Is it just something you? Yeah. I did when I was, you know, I initially was a teacher, like I said, and I was teaching math and I was spending some summers over there and, and working. And it was about this time that I was starting to formulate ideas for stories and that I wanted to be a writer and, you know, and kind of the contrast between, you know, teaching during the year and being in the hallways and then being there. Um, you know, I kind of took the Thoreau line of, you know, the massive men need lives of quiet desperation. And I thought, and just kind of watching kids and then seeing the activity, because this, this island is very much a tourist hotbed. And I, my, my kind of takeaway was, well, the desperation's not so quiet anymore. And I saw, you know, yeah. people just acting out and, and the search becoming, becoming more desperate. Now, in the meantime, this island in Lake Erie, the historical significance is the last there was a big battle in the war of 1812 and it was the last battle between the British and um, the U S and um, it all happened in Lake Erie and peace has ensued ever since. So there's, you know, a tall uh, monument called Perry's monument after Oliver Hatcher Perry, who was the commander. And, you know, he said the famous line, we have met the enemy and they are ours. And so this whole story is a coming of eight that they are ours. And there's, there's this coming of, you know, yeah. whole coming of age um, aspect of where the character, you know, he's desperately trying to seek out who his enemy is, who's keeping him from achieving and kind of the self-actualization. And it's a commentary on, you know, you know, who is the enemy anymore? Is, is it ourselves? You know, we're out looking, right. but so it's right. also kind of looking back at history, but, and at one point he's standing up at the top of this, uh, you know, this monument and, and he's looking over and he's, you know, he's listening to this recording and it's talking about the battle and he's picturing it, you know, and, and, you know, all he wants to do is be able to find his true enemy, which, which we all do. And, and oftentimes it, it is ourselves. There's not this arch nemesis that we like to imagine that's keeping us from, from achieving, you know, it's, it's, it's really ourselves. So it's, it's a lot of kind of combining this history with, and the modern trials of, you know, alcohol and drugs and sex and all the stuff that he gets distracted with along the way. And it's really incorporating this into the idea that, um, you know, sometimes a person has to become the opposite to understand who they truly, truly are. 
Right, but you know, but setting it on, on an island, I mean, especially with the scenes of addiction, I thought it was such a perfect touch because you really, it really, it underscores the isolation that that you know that, that <clears throat> comes with addiction. And it was really it struck me. Yeah, you know, the, the the small yeah. There was three. There, yeah, those you picked up exactly on one of the three elements why I put on my island. One is, you know, the isolation and what that does and that, you know, you have a finite amount of resources, right? You can't just go to the next town over, right? Because so you have to make do of the people, of the, of the things you have there. The other, you know, is, is just being that, you know, surrounded, uh, surrounded by water, you know, and just that effect kind of of having water around you. You know, in that in that natural right. um, in that natural state, you know, and and those those kind of three things: uh, the isolation and the finite resources, and being surrounded by water, and how that plays, and how these islands kind of become like almost like a mandala, you know, of the earth, and it helps us right. focus. And that's definitely why I wanted to send him to an, to to the island, and because islands aren't new for settings, you know, but I wanted to have a little bit different twist on a little bit different twist on it. Yeah, and no, it's, it's, it sounds, it's, well, it's wonderful. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to digging into these. Um, both your both these books sound just fantastic, Doug. And I hope that um, you know, I hope your 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 exploration of, of, of our fair city leads brings you here for pretty often, so we can get a chance to to you know, look around the city together. Um, Absolutely, that'd, so. that'd be great. Yeah. So you know, if, if it's okay, I think we'll wrap. I usually wrap these things up in around a half hour. So. Um, it was really okay. great talking with you. I I, re- I really enjoyed this uh, immensely, and uh, you know, hope uh, <laughs> I, you know I like I said, I hope to meet you in, in person sometime soon. Uh, I'm this is sort of wrapping up here. I'm David. Yeah, I'm David Kukoff, author of Children of the Canyon and the upcoming Los Angeles of the 1970s: Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine. And Doug, you are. <laughs> Doug Cooper, I'm the author of Outside In and the forthcoming Investment Club coming out October 11th.